Hello church, greetings from the Barker household. Uh, we're going to do the scripture reading this morning, uh, and Abby's going to help me. Uh, this is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear through the earth gives way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes the wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, he shatters the spear, he burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, guys, for leading us in worship today. These uh, truly are remarkable times as our lives are being interrupted in significant ways. You know, one of the great joys each week is when we as a church gather uh, corporately for worship. And the gathering of the local church is a, a special time. And so while, while the current reality certainly is difficult for us, we fully understand why you know, we should not be meeting together physically. And in this season, I'm so thankful for technology that allows us to gather in this way. And of course, there are some benefits to joining church online. Uh, there's no parking issues that you have to deal with today. You can refill your coffee at any time you want. You can relax in your pajamas, if you will. And perhaps the greatest benefit of all is you can mute the pastor anytime you want to. But friends, you know, as a... As a community of grace rooted in the gospel, let's be encouraged by the fact that God meets us regardless of location. And that we, we sense his presence even now, right in this moment, through this online platform. Let's be encouraged by the fact that we remain the church, whether we are gathered or scattered. And let's be encouraged by the fact that maybe, by God's grace, we will gain a, a new appreciation on the other side of this for the gift that we have of gathering together. I don't know about you, but I, um, I kind of found it difficult to, uh, to focus this week. Um, you know, you're... You're staying on top of the current reality. There's this constant news cycle and, and you're, you know, watching the daily updates. And, uh, you know, on top of that, you're still trying to uh, go about 
life and 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 your work and for me you know you're you're wondering about how the how the church will navigate its way through this and you know I, i'm not an infectious disease expert and uh, i'm thankful for our city officials our our mayor our premier our prime minister all of our healthcare officials who are advising us and and we should take their counsel to heart and so and so i'm going to stay in my lane today and i think that my role and the role of your church is to help us walk with god through this crisis and and by god's grace I was stirred this week to reflect upon the words of Jesus as recorded in Matthew's gospel. It's Matthew chapter 22, uh, verses 37 to 40. These are, these are some very familiar words. Let me, let me read them to you. Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. Now, let me frame why I was drawn to these words of Jesus this week. You know, one of the one of the words that we hear quite often in these days is the word essential. We're hearing about essential travel. We're talking about essential and non-essential border crossings and things like essential services. I was even reading about how Amazon is uh, is. Uh, refusing to to stock non-essential items and so there there's this talk about what is essential uh, i was here at the church um earlier this week for for a brief time and happened to run across over to uh to jackson square i, I needed to pick up a, a couple of things that we needed so i went over to jackson square and, and walked into the uh into uh, rexall and uh, while I was there, I, uh, I picked up, now relax, this is only paper towels, all right? And so I picked up uh, one, one uh, bag of paper towels. And so I, I, I walk out of the store, and I've never felt more uncomfortable in all of my life. I'm walking out of the store, and all of a sudden, it's like every eye uh, in, in the place is on me. And all of a sudden, I'm not out. I'm not out. And this elderly lady runs up to me, and, and she says, hey, Did you get that at, that, at the drugstore? And I said, I did, but I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's only paper towels. And the look of disappointment on her face was just overwhelming. And as I'm, as I'm walking through Jackson Square to go directly back to the church, I just felt like every eye was on me. And I could see people looking at this bag, and I, and, and I just felt like I needed to protect myself and kind of run, run, run back to the church. But, but people, are, uh, people are fearful, and, and there's a lot of anxiety and fear. And, and so I've been, I've been thinking about how in times of uncertainty and in times of crisis we seem to gather around practices that we deem essential and and seasons like we are in often bring about a a reframing of priorities and so it's in this context i was moved to these words of jesus because 
They, they have the sound of being essential. In fact, the, these words are in response to a question about which command in God's law is the most important. What's the essential part of God's law, someone asked Jesus. And, and while we could spend some time exploring the, the setting and the context and the motive of that question, I just want to zero in on Jesus' response. And the first thing I want us to understand is that Jesus' response summarizes the essence of God's demands in Scripture. His response, his double love command, I think captures the essence of the entire Bible. And I think his double love command is especially relevant and essential in the days that we find ourselves in. So let's think about it. We, we, we have here the priority of love in the life of a Christian. And our love is to be first and foremost directed toward God. Jesus says you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And I think a key word here is the word all. We're being instructed to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. We might say that we're being called to love God with all that we are and with all that we have. And so we might ask them, well, what does it mean to love God? Think for a moment about the, the relationships that you have with the people you love. And, and think of how the people we love the most are impacted when we say things like, it just makes me happy to spend time with you. Or, or I'm, I'm happiest, I'm, I'm most satisfied when, when we're together. And so maybe the essence of loving God is enjoying all he is. And, and, and so I'm suggesting that we love God by enjoying his presence, by, by being satisfied in him. We often talk about loving God in terms of things like obeying. Uh, or believing, or, or thankfulness, and other practices. But, but these things, I think, are the outflow. They're, they're the outflow of a life that treasures God. A life that, lo a life that loves to be with God, and has cultivated God-oriented affections and thoughts and desires. And, and so I think we love God as we are completely satisfied in God's presence. But, but Jesus doesn't stop there. He, he does not stop at loving God. He goes on to say, and a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus seems to be saying that another command must be placed alongside the first. It's an amazing statement, isn't it? I mean, think carefully about these words. That love Love the other person like I love myself. Jesus is inviting us into a posture in which we feel, we feel like I am the other. That all of the longings I have for myself, you know, for my health and my success and my happiness, that I, by God's grace, direct towards the other person. C.S. Lewis 
wrote that when I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. And so I, I want to suggest that there is a strong sense that love for the other depends on what went before, love for God. And so my, my love for the other is a, a concrete application for how my love for God is reordering my priorities. And what I think we need to take from this double love command is that the first command, to love God, makes the second command doable. And the second command is a visible and expected expression of the first. God's God's love for us and our trusting, prayerful love back to him is the source of power for loving others. As someone said, find in God a satisfaction so profound that it fills up all your heart. And so God says, come to me, I'll give you fullness of joy. I will satisfy your heart and your soul and your mind with my glory, which will transform how you love others. And so this double love command, I think, is the essence of what the Bible, what Christianity is all about. These are remarkable days. And... Um, my, my hope for us in these days is that this double love command would really give shape to our lives. And so as we press into our relationship with God, as we, as we find him to be soul satisfying, we will have a greater appreciation for our neighborhoods and, and for what our, our neighborhoods and what our cities need from us right now. Um, I was reading an article this week from the New York Times that was written by Dr. Esau McCauley, who is a professor uh, at Wheaton College. And he was writing this article about, you know, what the world needs from us as a church right now. And, and he, he writes that what the world needs from us is not our physical presence, but our absence. And I've got to be honest, that sounds strange, even right now as I'm saying that again. I mean, something about that doesn't quite feel right. And so I think our love for God in these days will teach us that the world needs our presence in a different way. And Macaulay, he looks ahead to what might be said about the response of the church, and he writes... So in the future, people might ask, what did the church do in the year of our Lord 2020 when sickness swept over the land? And the answer will be, we met in smaller groups, we washed our hands, and we prayed. And unglamorous as that is, it may be the shape of faithfulness in our time. You know, so often God comes to us in ways that defy our expectations. So friends, let's be open to how God is coming among us in these days. Let's trust in God and let's pray about and act upon new ways 
to be the church. Let's be sensitive to how God is calling us to love our neighbors. One thing for certain is that the world needs a savior. And one way that we express our love for God and for others is by continuing to announce the gospel. And 1 John 4 tells us that God is love, that God showed his love in sending his only son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and enable us to live a new life through him. And if God loves us like this, then we should love each other. We're going to sing another, another song this morning. And um, in just a moment, I'm going to come back and I want to, I want to lead us in a time of prayer uh, as we pray about loving God and as we pray about loving our neighbors. And so I, I invite you now to sing this song with us and then, and then we're going to come back and just have a, a moment of prayer together. So I want to invite you to pray with us this morning. And I want you to first, let's just thank God for, for who he is. You know, we've talked about how loving God means to just, to be satisfied in him, to, to, to enjoy him. And maybe there are ways right now that you're thinking about who God is and how much you enjoy Him. And, and maybe right now where you are, in your living room or somewhere in your home, you want to just begin to offer prayers of praise and thanksgiving for, for who God is, to praise Him for His character, for His provision. Maybe you just want to gather for just a moment right now as a family and, and just pray about that and offer some prayers of praise and thanksgiving. Maybe right now, if you're joining us on the chat line, you just want to write some things about why you're thankful for who God is and, and, and just begin to offer those expressions of prayer and praise. So take a moment and just do that right now. Yeah. We thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence today. We love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And now let's take a moment and let's love our neighbors by praying for them. Let's, let's pray for others. We might think of healthcare workers. We might think of people who are working in grocery stores these days. Maybe you think of some anxious friends or some vulnerable people in our church or maybe some new Canadians who don't have that support system yet or the homeless. Take a moment right now and just think and pray for people. Pray for people. Think about someone right now who who needs our prayers, needs your prayers. Yeah.
And maybe, maybe right now as you've prayed for people, as you've just stopped and thought about that, maybe there has been some, some people who've come to your mind. Maybe someone specific has come to you. And I want you to do something for me today. Once we finish up here and, and clue up, and go ahead and contact that person. That, that person whom God just brought before you, you thought about that person, you pray for that person. When we, when we say the last amen in this service, go ahead and contact that person. Maybe there's a, maybe you know people who are fearful and uh, who are afraid and have no hope. And maybe God is leading you to have a gospel conversation with someone today. Go ahead, that person whom you've just thought of, go ahead and contact that person. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that we can come together like this and we can sense your presence. And Lord, we believe that you're working uh, in, in, in ways that we cannot see. You're working your good purposes in each of our lives. Lord, I pray that this week, that this double love command will give shape to our lives. That, Lord, we will, will find our ultimate satisfaction just in being in your presence. That we will enjoy being with you. And Lord, may from that we have this new energy to, to love others and to find ways to demonstrate that love to our neighbors and to, to people who, who need it most in this time. Lord, we look to you for help and for wisdom. I pray for people who are concerned in this moment, God. There are any number of concerns that people have right now as we're here in prayer for health. There are economic concerns and maybe people right now who are worried about the loss of employment. We're, we're concerned for our church, Lord. But Lord, we just pray that you will continue to go before us and that you will just show us the way be sensitive to follow your leading and we encourage ourselves in you that you've, you're going on ahead of us and you're leading and directing. May your spirit be at work in our lives in powerful ways this week. Lord, we give you all the thanks and all the praise. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone. We're praying for you. Blessings.